Lanuti in the broadcast basement. It's a basement. It's a bar. It's many beers. And here's your host, Chris Lanuti. Down the socks in the basement, pull up a stool at my nine foot homemade oak bar, my basement on the south side of Chicago. My name is Chris Davis, sitting across from me. Hello. This all came out of originally a show that has been going on for about 10 years called The Broadcast Basement. This is an offshoot because I've just wanted to talk White Sox baseball for so long. It does not fit, though, on that program. Dave has decided to uh, help me out. And, Dave, now we have. A website, SocksInTheBasement.com. Nice. Uh, we have a, it has its own podcast feed. It is now available on iTunes, and soon and very soon should be uh, you should be able to get it on Google Play, Stitcher Radio. I know you can get it on Podbean right now. Uh, it takes a while to get everything spread out and approved by all the different podcast feed places. And then, very exciting news that I haven't even revealed on the uh, on the other show on the broadcast basement is that. Um, I'm developing a new app. Okay. Oh, very cool. Yes, and and when we, when this app launches, you'll not only be able to listen to Socks in the Basement or the Broadcast Basement or any other podcast that comes out of this basement, um, but you'll also be able to interact with it. You'll be able to leave like you know voice messages back and forth with us. You'll be able to text and and send messages to us if we ever go live. You'll be able to watch it right through your device, your phone, or anything else like that. It'll be a fully interactive app. I didn't think it was possible. I sat down with my guy last week it's going to be incredible it's going to be like so it's going to be something no other podcast or podcast Very network cool. has well that's that's i think important because just me when i listen to i have a few different podcasts that i listen to as does my wife and certain podcasts you can get here certain podcasts you can get there you can download you know, so you have to download a whole bunch of apps to get the different podcasts that you want um it would be really nice to have just one app for, you know, the one podcast that I listen to, which right. is yours, of course. Right. So <laughs> that way you get to sift through the rubble a little right. bit. Right, right, yeah. Direct to the source. Right, exactly. Very cool. So Very I think cool. it should be really neat, and hopefully we'll have that out uh, before the uh, the summer is over. This show is in its infancy, though. The, uh, the first uh, couple episodes, we, uh, you know, just, we did those back in May. Uh, we had to take a step back. We had to make sure that we set up the feed and everything right. This is the first show that we've been able to do, but hopefully we'll be able to make this into a weekly thing here in Socks in the Basement. Now, um, I, I want to talk about... Um, I guess the pitching hangover is what I'm probably going to end up calling this episode. Pitching hangover. Because I have a hangover because I went out drinking on a Monday night. <laughs> I did. I went out drinking. You know, when when you have a weird schedule like I have, and I'm still I'm still working in a 911 center and podcasting at the same time, and I'm working afternoons, you get those rare occasions where you're off and you don't have anything going on with your podcasting, and you look at the wife and it's 8 o'clock at night, and you're like, you know, the preteen can watch the other two. Let's uh, go up the street to the bar. Okay, sure. fine. We'll be back by 11. And it turns into like 2 o'clock in the morning we're sitting down here at this bar because every other bar is closed at that point on a Monday night. You see what I'm saying? Right, of course. But then the problem is having this bar here and the party continues. Like we come home and the children are there. We're like, all right, off the bed, kids. And then we come down here. We put on some music. That is the danger of having a bar inside of your house. She had to go to work at 5 o'clock in the morning today. Oh, no. She's dying. I already talked to her. I don't know how I'm even alive. So I'm extremely, horribly 
terribly hungover while doing the show, which is perfect because I knew I was going to be doing the show. I knew how important it was to get the launch off correctly. And then what did I do? I drank too much last night. So I, I, I'm a mess. But maybe I need to drink a lot to watch this White Sox pitching. Because White Sox pitching oh, I don't know. drives well, a man to drink. I don't know about I don't know about that. I mean, just getting back to what you were saying before, I can sympathize about the hours because being a musician and music business owner by trade, I get to make my own hours. So it's it's really sort of weird. Like on Friday nights, Saturday morning is my busiest teaching morning. Uh, busiest teaching day at the school. And so my Friday nights I have to watch it a little bit because Saturday morning is the only morning that I have to be up for work because every other day of the week, I don't open the store until two o'clock in the afternoon because we have obviously after school and after work hours, we are an extracurricular activity. So, uh, I get it. I do get it. Yeah. It's weird. You, You know, most, most of the world does their partying on their Friday and Saturday nights. I'm more of a Monday night guy these days, which is really bad. (laughs) <laughs> well, these beer, these beer prices are better at the bar. Yeah, yeah, they're just happy to see you. You get really great service. Nice. They're just happy to see. It's like the, the poor, the poor bartender and the poor waitress is like, oh, thank God, there's somebody here. I wasn't going to make any money tonight, you know. And you're the degenerate sitting in the bar on a Monday night. Uh, okay, speaking of some degenerates, let's talk White Sox pitching. Of course. Okay? <laughs> um, and, and 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 I, I, I was looking at this the other day. I play fantasy baseball. Now, you don't need to play fantasy baseball to understand anything that I'm going to talk about here. There are some people who love to get into advanced stats. There are people who love to dive into the sabermetrics black hole, okay? okay? But there's one stat that I always look at to measure a pitcher when I'm playing fantasy baseball, when I'm trying to identify players, when I'm drafting players, when I'm picking players up, and it seems to always hold true. The guy eventually will be good. I find a lot of diamonds in the rough that had bad seasons a year before, didn't have a lot of wins, their ERA might have been slightly inflated, but I'm able to find the guy that's going to rebound or do better because I look at the whip. Of course. That's the walks and hits per innings pitch. That's a very simple stat. It's a stat that wasn't on baseball cards 20 years ago. It's on baseball cards it's, now. It's even on broadcast now. Like yeah. when they when they show the stat line of a pitcher now, you get your typical, you know, your wins, your losses, your ERA, your um, opponent's average against, and now they start to include the whip now. I have noticed that right. as well. And I, and I think that a, a great way, how I've always done it, how I've always said, okay, this guy, not good. I'm cutting him out of my dynasty fantasy team. This guy, not going to be a good pitcher. This guy, not going to be in the major leagues very long. This guy, not going to be a starter, probably heading to the bullpen, is that I have certain thresholds I look at at whip. Okay, I believe that a starting pitcher has to have a whip that's a 1.30 or lower. Real quick, did we uh, explain, I did I miss it, did we explain what whip actually is? What Walks that and hits with? per innings pitch. Right. I okay. think I said it, but, uh, but just in case, I'm glad you brought that back up. Um, I, I think that your whip needs to be 1.30 or lower to be an effective starting pitcher. I think anybody that's above that, you see a lot of problems. That's basically putting on a base runner uh, and, and, and a third, 
Okay, just under a base runner in a third either, every inning. Either by walk or hit. By walk every or inning. Hit. Every inning. So you're putting base runners on, increasing the scoring chances of the opponent. Okay, now you can't do anything about your defense. You can't do anything about, uh, you know, uh, bad bounces. You can't do anything about, uh, you know, you, you screw up a pitch and all of a sudden a guy gets a hold of it. But if you have a higher whip, there's more guys on base when those things happen. Therefore, more runs score. Okay, you can't, you can't control whether or not your offense is going to go out and score a bunch of runs, but you could control the amount of base runners that you get on base, therefore lowering the chance of your opponent to score runs, and that pitcher becomes far more effective. I think a starting pitcher should be at a 1.30 or lower, and I think that a really good starting pitcher normally sits in the one point teens. See what I'm saying? So just for just for sort of some reference here, yeah. um, I don't know if you can look this up. I don't have it in front of me. So a guy like, for example, say Chris Sale's whip. Oh, Chris Sale, I'm going to tell you right now, probably has a really Really low whip, okay. or like a clue, or like a Kluber. Oh, whip. Uh, here I, I'm. I'm gonna. I'll bring that up right now because because I think that I think that this is a stat that um, that is that is extremely important when you're looking at uh, at at players. Chris Sale's whip. His whip this year is 0.97. That's almost like a closer's whip. I mean, he's an elite. You see what I'm saying? And his career whip is a 1.04. So Chris Sale essentially puts one runner on by a walker hit per inning. Looking at Corey Kluber's whip right now, his is 0.83 for this year. He's got a total eight-year whip of 1.06. That is a little skewed, obviously, because he's got a really high whip for his first uh, two years in the league, 2011-2012. Um when 2014 hits, that's when you start to see Corey Kluber into the 1.0 range. And that's when you start whip. to see Corey Kluber become an all-star right. Cy Young caliber pitcher. You see what I'm saying? Yes. And those are those are extremes. Those are the best of the best right there. Correct. You're an effective pitcher, though, if your whip is below 1.30. I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give all that range, okay? And and like a guy like a Mariano Rivera was always like below a one. Closers generally have to be below a one or just above a one because... Because they're only on for one inning. Right, exactly. Those, okay. are, those are So we're excluding the specialists in this. We're, we're right. talking about the starting pitcher. Right. At this point, so as we're t- at, so now that I've established that, okay, who do you think right now on the White Sox has the best whip? Who's their most effective best pitcher that they have right now on this team? It's a small sample size. Well, definitely. This is your guess. What do you What do you think? <laughs> well, it's not a guess. I've got those stats <laughs> in front of me, Chris. <laughs> Okay. Mm, I, well, I got I got Lopez. Lopez has got a 1.216. Correct. Okay. And then surprisingly, shockingly, after shortly thereafter, whip is James Shields with 1.28. And sitting right in the middle, even though he's only had a few starts, is the guy that I am really hoping this is like that because I was I was reading about him and I and, and I realized that we we may have found a diamond in the rough Dylan Covey yes okay I was he's only got five games in but Dylan Covey's at a 1.27 those are the only three starting pitchers on this team that are below 1.3 at the time of this recording uh Dylan Covey's last start was uh head-to-head with Chris Sale against the Boston Red Sox yeah, and he was, he which he won yeah which he won yeah he, they won the game one to nothing it, it was it was I was watching the game with my wife and I was just so impressed and at that point 
I, I started doing the same thing that you did. I'm like, well, who is this guy, Dylan Covey? I mean, you know, you remember him from last year with the White Sox, and he was <laughs> horrible, to say the least, and that's putting it nicely. Right. Um, but he has a pedigree that I don't think people understand. He was drafted in the first round, 14th overall by the Milwaukee Brewers, okay, in 2010. And then the A's took him later on in the fourth round in the 2013 amateur draft, and that's where he ended up. But there was a point where a team thought he was a first-round talent. Right, and okay. he was he was in the A's farm system for, what was it, four years, three right. years? And then, he was got, in there. and then he got cut. He got released. Right. And the White Sox picked him up off of waivers. Okay, now his, his overall career, now when you talk whip, is a little suspect because he only has pitched two major league seasons. He pitched last year for the Sox where he was 0-7. He had a, an ERA over 7. He had a whip of 1.67. Okay, right, it was very bad. Very, very bad. But he was only 25 years old and it was his first taste of major league pitching. I'm more encouraged seeing a guy come back in his second year get another opportunity and have currently at this time an ERA that's 2.22 and a whip that's under 1.30, then I'm encouraged by a guy who's going backwards like Lucas Giolito, who's the exact opposite now. Right. Giolito now is looking bad. And the worst thing about the Giolito thing is his first taste of pitching, okay, when when, when he came to the majors with the Nationals, he had a high whip and was ineffective. He came out last year, and he's at the end of the season, and he has a good whip, but he's basically playing against September call-ups in non-pressurized games. Correct. He comes back this year, and he's not playing against those guys that probably should be in the minors, and he's not getting those little breaks in the lineup, and his whip is swelled back to exactly what it was when he was with the Nationals. That is concerning to me. I, 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 I am ex- I, As much as I am excited about seeing a guy like Dylan Covey go, okay, I think I figured this out, and I'm doing something I'm effective even in a small sample size, the Giolito thing scares the crap out of me because if you now look at his whole his 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 range over the last three years, you see a tendency where it might have been an, an abnormality last year when he had a low whip, and in reality, he might not be a very effective pitcher. Well, comparing the the Covey situation with the Giolito situation, um, you know we've seen the Dylan Covey type story before. Uh, to some degree, with a guy named Mark Burley. I mean, this was a guy who was taken. God, when was Burley taken? It was super was late in the draft. The it was draft. in like the fiftieth right round he was or in something. Round four thousand two hundred ridiculous. Like he was that. drafted. It was already July at that point. The draft was still going on. Somebody <laughs> picked Mark Burley. The following story is completely true. The names have not been changed because. Hi, I'm Chris Lanuti. I really got to read it? It's three words long. You're like getting ready, like adjusting yourself. Join me and my friends as we belly on up to my homemade nine-foot oak bar in my basement on the south side of Chicago. I'd say expose them to as much violence and nudity as you can at an early age to prep them for life. Was it hard to climb up the ladder in your skirt? No, it's just embarrassing. Oh, okay. Each week, we talk craft beer, sports, fatherhood, and the oddities of life. Your show is so different and fascinating. Wait, this is a podcast? <laughs> I just come over here to drink. Join us for 30 minutes of good each and every week. <laughs> Welcome back to the Missing a Chromosome podcast. <laughs> oh! <laughs> it's the Broadcast Basement on Stitcher, iTunes, and BroadcastBasement.com. You had a guy that you wanted, you, you wanted to talk about 
well, Daniel Palka today. You were excited about that. Speaking you're, of, you're all fired up about sp- Dan. well, you got Daniel Palka. Up. You got I'm Daniel not, Palka fever. I'm not fired got? up. I'm not. I'm not drinking the. I'm not drinking the Daniel Palka Kool Aid just not? yet. You're not, not all, like, just super yet. excited about it. Not him? just yet because we have a super super small sample size here. But it's real interesting. Speaking of guys that you know, speaking of guys that are basically coming out of nowhere that you didn't expect to be good, and all of a sudden here they are. Right. right. Um, Daniel Palka has been tearing the cover off of the ball okay and he's got now albeit he's got albeit small sample size right now he's sitting at a 264 average okay which is unfortunately one of the higher batting averages on the team yes, at this point which is which is a concern right. which is a concern but you're talking about here an ops total of you know, point eight one eight. Yeah, which he's is got, he's, you're over eight hundred with your OPS. That, that which is good. You're doing well. Which is good. Right. There, there was another stat, and I don't have it in front of me, unfortunately. But when he hits the ball, it travels far and fast. Right. It was something about he has like the third or fourth highest. What's the stat? Like exit velocity? Like right, how right. fast and how far the ball goes when he gets hold of it. He has something like the fourth or fifth highest uh, one of those in baseball right now. Right. So I'm slightly curious, Chris, what are your thoughts on this guy? Uh, I'm going to give you a comparison with a guy that we talked about in a previous podcast, okay, who's sitting on the exact same team as Daniel Palka right now, okay. and his name is Matt Davidson. Right. Okay? Um, they are a year difference in age. Davidson's a year older at 27, and Palka uh, is 26. Um, they have played almost the same amount of games because of Davidson's injury. Uh, Pelka has played uh, 12 less games, okay? Okay. Um, and so they're, 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 they're running at least close enough to each other, and they both have suspect defense. Okay. Okay. And they and they both have high OPSs. Uh, Davidson is hit, got an 832 OPS to Daniel Pelka's 818. If you want to know what an OPS is, it's your on base percentage plus your slugging percentage, which basically says the guy gets on base and the guy hits the ball. And when he hits it, he gets lots of extra base hits, which yes. is good. Okay. Right. Now, Davidson's batting average is 225 as of right now when we're talking, and Pelka's at 264. You love the batting average, great. But here's my concern about Daniel Pelka. You have a 264 batting average and you have an on-base percentage of 298. I saw that, which means he's not wa- which walk. means he's not walking at all. No. When Matt Davidson's on-base percentage he's is higher than yours. Yeah. Which 357 Matt is, is Matt Davidson is number 1 on the team. If you're not counting guys that have just gotten there or been there for a short amount of time, like Kevin Smith and Matt Skull. Okay. Matt Davidson's on base percentage is actually a tick higher than Jose Abreu right now. So when you're sitting around, you're talking about a Daniel Pelka. It's great. It's fun. He hits the ball hard. It gets out really fast. I love the batting average. That's wonderful. But if he can't get on base more, okay, then Davidson almost gives you more value. Okay. Even and, if and you're even if you're putting him in, say, the cleanup spot. Like where his, really, where his job is not necessarily to get on base as is more to drive in guys that are on base. I just I hate guys with on base percentages under three hundred. I hate that. I okay. hate not getting on base. You're telling me you can't get on base three. You, you can't get, you know, you can't get out of on base even close to a third of the time. Yeah, I, I, it, it, it bothers me when a guy's on base percentage is that low. And like, here's the thing. But let's, here's let's the thing. Okay. imagine Daniel Pelka 
forget the defense and the fact that he that supposedly he's he's bad at it. I, I I've seen some plays that are just horrible that he does. He he clearly he clearly can't be can't play defense. He's a DH. Okay? Of course, of course. All right. So he, he, he could he be could he be like uh, to compare to somebody that's up on the north side? Could he be a Kyle Schwarber? He, he could he could get to that point, but he's got to get on base more. Okay. Okay. And 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 I think that I think if he could get his on base percentage up and continue to slug the way he's doing. He'd be a star. Now is, we're talking an OPS over 900. Now, now we're talking a true middle of the lineup type of a hitter. Is there not a, there yet? Is there a spot in a lineup somewhere for a guy that has a high slugging percentage, you know, a 520 slugging percentage, but a low OBP because he's not walking as much? I mean, that's why I brought up, you know, cleanup. But yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, yeah, I mean, then, I, but then again, you're you know, you're you're dealing with another. Yeah, you know what he feels like to me. He feels like he feels like Nicky Delmonico from last year. Oh boy! You know how excited we got about Nicky Delmonico. You guys they're talk, got they're excited about him on Nikki MLB Network, and they're like Nicky Delmonico. He's the best. Look at what he's doing. Nicky's great. Nicky's this. Nicky's that. I would and like to state that I had never bought I, a Nicky Delmonico jersey. Never I didn't was, either. I never was sold. But I I'm, never. I'm I never. Saying, I never got it. Like I just feel like we're going to see a lot of guys that are going to come up on this team. They're going to have flashes. They're going to do well for a little bit, and they're going to go away. I, I just. I. I. I don't. I don't buy the Pelka thing till he starts getting on base. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not buying it. I'm not in. I, 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 it's fun to watch, and I'm glad that they're playing. And they need to, they need to win games. I'm not of this ilk of like my dad was aggravated. He's like, he's like, did you see this? Won another series. They're killing their draft choice. Oh God. And I'm like, what? I want them to win. I want them to get used to winning. There are a few guys on that team that need to get used to winning, okay? I want Yoan Mancata to, to, to play well. I really, really do. I really, I, 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 I'm disappointed his average is still as low as it is. Yes, I, me too. I, 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 I see some really good defense out of him, and I, and I see a swagger about him that makes me feel like he's going to be good, but I, I'm stu- I, I want to see this team perform well. I just, I'm going to tell you, guys like Pelka, guys like Delmonico, uh, like I said, we talked about Davidson, and we've we've. We, I think you can lump all those guys into a group of players. Of one of them has to distinguish themselves as better than the other guys that go that next level higher, or they won't be here in two years. Because the, again, reiterating, because the the Sox in their system are so deep in the outfield slash DH position. Right. They don't. They don't need these guys. If these guys all failed. They, based upon their prospects, they would still have a very good outlook ahead of them. You don't want them to fail, but they still have a very good outlook in front of them. So I'm going to be picky, and I'm not going to say that that's okay. I think that on-base percentage is too low, just like I said before, and I've said it. I said it with Scott King from WGN in a okay. previous episode. I think I think Matt Davidson should be hitting 250. Okay, I think he should at least be able to get a hit one out of every four times. If his average is down at 220, he's just not a guy who's going to be on this team long term. I just don't see a, I don't see a guy who's able to do that. Right. We, you you are trying to build towards championships. Guys like that don't exist on championship teams. Okay, there's there's right. got to be a standard. Like I said, is he good enough? Is the guy good enough to be a Yankee? Is the guy good enough to be an Astro? Is the guy good? You know, be is he good Sox, enough to be a Dodger? Yeah. Or is he good enough to be a Red Sox? No, he wouldn't fit in that lineup. Well, then he doesn't fit in this lineup long term, and that's the thing. So is there is there fun and exciting stuff with Daniel Pelka? Yeah. Does he need to get on base more? Yeah, because he would not end up on those teams. He just wouldn't be good enough. Okay. You know, that's that's kind of how I see him. I'll buy it. Yeah, well, that's, buy good. It. that's good. I'm glad you buy it because I got a freaking splitting headache and I'm tired <laughs> of trying to argue my point. <laughs>
drink on Mondays. Because <laughs> the know, beer is cheaper. And the worst thing is the fact that I sit there and I go, it'll just be for a little bit. I went, and then I told myself this morning, like, I'll never do that again. That was terrible. Why did I sit down and say, I'll have the Imperial Russian Stout that was 16% alcohol that was sitting up there on the, on the big chalkboard in the, in the brewery that I was sitting in last night? Why did I do that? And I sit there and I make all kinds of promises in the morning, like, I'll never do that again. God, just get me through this morning. Just fi- find a way for the toddler to feed himself so I don't have to take care of him. <laughs> Please, God, don't let anybody in this house wake up for a few more hours because my head is throbbing. We didn't really discuss the relief pitching situation. What do you and, think about the relief pitching well, situation? Well, here's the thing that... Because I don't, I don't even look at it because no, it's frightening I don't me. Look Jace at it Fry either. is the only guy I'm interested in. I hope he continues to pitch well. First of all, okay, relief pitching on the White Sox. Jace Fry, by the way, another guy that is uh, was is a is a pretty good name prospect. I mean, he's not a surprise. Okay. He was listed at the beginning of the year as one of the White Sox top 25 prospects on MLB.com. So he was a guy that they they had and they in their system that that scouts said was going to be good and he looks good out of the bullpen. Okay. So we're so this is a guy so excluding Jace Fry, okay, who is a prospect that highly ranked, he's come up, he's looking good. You know, I don't nobody in this bullpen that I'm looking at right now I can really see being around oh it's when like it's like looking at a murder scene it's horrible and, and and that's the worst thing you have to watch games and you have to say to yourself okay well the starting pitcher did well and if we would have had a bullpen we would have won that game you you almost have to say that to yourself. oh no I I, I you have to say that to yourself sometimes like okay we went like I, you know let's say we went five and five over the last 10 games and you sit there and you go god if we had a bullpen we might have gone seven and three that over the last ten. And that, that's a positive thing. I've watched I've watched games, you know, up to the point where Renteria has had to go to the bullpen. And certain pitchers in this bullpen, I mean like Who makes you turn a TV off the moment uh, you see him? Aaron Bummer. No, that's it. It's like, oh okay. It I was usually, a good game. I, I, I enjoyed my, I enjoyed these six innings of baseball today, and I'm not going to waste the next uh, hour of my life watching this lead slip away. I tell my wife that, okay, this guy is this guy has been perfectly named because if Aaron Bummer is in the game, it usually means one of two things. Either something horrifically bad has happened or something horrifically bad is about to it's happen. About to happen. So um no. Well here's here's White Sox fans. Here's the Aaron, good news. Aaron Bummer, by the way, has a whip of one point seven zero. That's awesome. That is that is absolutely brutal. Okay. Here's the good news, White Sox fans. The only guy about, worse than him this year was Carson Fulmer. Oh nice. <laughs> here's the good news about bullpen. It's been my experience watching baseball a long time. Bullpen guys, you get them, they're good for a year or two, and then their shelf life is up. So with with the bullpen, it's not something that you're expecting to be good at this point in time. Right. You'd like it to be, but if it's not, it's not something that's going to really cause you concern because if we're looking at 2020 – you know, a bullpen guy who's good now is probably not going to be good in 2020 anyway. Right. And and, and, and that's why and if, they, if they could find somebody to take somebody like Nate Jones off our hands right now, I would do it. He's 32 years old. He's having his worst season um, since his since his rookie season with the White Sox in terms of his walks and hits per innings pitched. Right. He puts on too many base runners. He's he's just he's not as effective and he's only getting older. And and and, and that, that goes right to your point. There was a window with Nate Jones 
where he was a good relief pitcher. Well, they were and talking. The window is closed. They were talking closer for Nate right. Jones a couple years ago. The window is closed. Okay, if if they can get something for him, if somebody buys into the fact that over his career he was worth uh, over six wins above replacement, and and they go, okay, maybe if he comes in and he can be he can be just somebody that helps us out down the stretch. If they could find somebody that would take him, I would move him because he's not that this year, right. and 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 he's only getting older. And and you hate doing that because these are people. They're people. They're, 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 this is their livelihood. This is what they want in more than anything. They are lucky enough, though, to play baseball. And there is a thing where eventually you get to a certain age where you start to deteriorate. And there is and there are stats that back up and show the general trend. I would if somebody offered me something for Nate Jones, I would give him right away. Now, interesting stat here looking at Nate Jones. Nate Jones is right around that 1.35 area as far as his whip is concerned. But as we kind of talked about but before. But he's not a starter. No, if right. You're a you don't. Pitcher, you don't. You should you be do, much lower. Right, 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 right. You don't apply that stat when we're talking about um, relievers and specialist type pitchers oh, yeah, because be they're, they're only in for an inning or two. All right. This has been a good episode of the Sacks in the Basement. Uh, do us a favor. Follow us on iTunes. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. There's a, actually Twitter locked my account. I made a mistake. What did you do? I was setting up the Sacks in the Basement account, and I and it said it actually says in the instructions, um, pick your age or the age of your business. Like if it was like a business account. So I was like, okay, well, it's the age of the podcast. We started in May of 2018. Oh boy. And Twitter reacted like, you're an infant. You can't have a Twitter account and locked it. And then it like made me take a picture of my driver's license and send it to him. What? That was That was a week ago. They oh my still God. have locked it. So you can't find Socks in the Basement yet on Twitter. Okay, I have to figure out that mess. Twitter I, police. Twitter sucks. They're they're already killing me. Okay, um, there's a Facebook page. You can go and you can find Socks in the Basement on Facebook. Um, there is, like I said, hopefully a Twitter thing. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can subscribe to us on Podbean. Uh, you can always go to SocksInTheBasement.com and it'll continue to expand. We appreciate you listening to this little 30-minute show on the White Sox that hopefully will be coming out weekly. And uh, hopefully we'll continue to uh, to be able to bring in some some guests and 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 expand and get bigger and everything else like that or you'll just have to listen to me and dave um lament about the, the state of the team i'm still positive about this team i still think that oh, yeah. I, i'm still excited about the rebuild i'm still happy with the team i just it's tough for me to evaluate the guys that are there now because there's not a lot of them i think next time when we sit down we need to look at somebody specifically that we think is going to be on the team and be like this is this is why we think he's going to be on the team you see what i'm saying fair enough definitely and we might even start adding some fantasy baseball stuff in there too I know you're not interested. No, in that, I don't but, play. But I, I might, I might, I might, I might do like a fantasy baseball minute. Maybe we'll add that in there as well. Very cool. All right, we're out of here. Thanks very much for listening to Socks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, right here from SocksInTheBasement.com. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, and then by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is baseman And the nude is baseman Another show is wrapped up Another show is wrapped up Another show is wrapped up And it's in the books Another show is wrapped up Another show is wrapped up And by the looks It's gonna be a good one Nude is basement Broadcast Basement the nudist basement The broad basement Slancha
That was like Dropkick Murphys or something, right? <laughs> I felt like it. 